What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. This is the Allegory and Elm podcast. I'm here with the kombucha queen, Katie May. Hey, hey. We are here today to talk about attachment. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. If that sounds like something you're into, let's go. You like that name? <laughs> you just ch- changing it up on Change me. it up there. Kombucha queen. Yeah, that's you. I like it. So, yeah, we want to talk about attachment and talk about detachment. And this came up because there's things in our lives that we realize that we're somewhat attached to. We were putting up the Christmas tree just before Thanksgiving and we, we got one of those cool uh, ones that are like, we got a fake tree last year. Fake as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we got a faff tree <laughs> last year and it was so easy to put up. We put it up in like I don't know, five minutes, put the tree up, maybe 10. It was already lit. We didn't have to argue about lights. Yeah. It was, as the kids say, lit. And uh, we were putting all the ornaments on the tree and I went to put the the star, which is like the last thing that goes on the tree, the topper. I went to go put that on and our oldest daughter was like, I want to put it on. And I was like, no, bitch, that's for me. <laughs> that's a daddy job. <laughs> I don't call my daughter bitch, but, uh, I was kind of like, no, that's like, that's my job. And in my mind I was like, yeah, that's my job. But I think it, it made me realize that I was attached to the idea of I'm the person who puts the star on the tree. Cause I always have essentially like I thought back to all the Christmases that we've had before since Katie and I've been married and pretty much every single one, I just always put the topper on the tree it just felt like the man's job to do. <laughs> so manly. Yeah, it's so manly. And then we get it up there and it won't even fit on our new artificial tree. Yeah, yeah, it didn't fit. So it was kind of a little bit of a a note to be kind of like, hey, don't get so attached to like one thing or another. You could, you can, there's multiple things you can attach yourself to, like having the perfect Christmas tree or having the star that's always been, you know, that you've always had on the top of your tree. And I think tradition can lead to attachment to things. Like if your family has always gone to church and that's something that you don't feel like doing anymore, detaching from that can be really difficult. Um, and so like we do want to talk about detachment as well, because that's often kind of, there's a negative connotation with detachment. It feels like, oh, he's so detached. He's detached from reality. It Or he doesn't care. Yeah. It makes it seem like you just don't yeah. give a shit, but we're saying be intentional with what you detach yourself from. And so I think that we need to be careful about detaching our, or attaching ourselves to ideas. And I find that like, I, I attach myself to things that give me an identity. And so like my identity in that scenario with the Christmas tree was I'm the Christmas tree topper guy. Like that's my identity. That's your role. That's my role. And we do that with a lot of things. I'm the provider or you're the provider or whatever. Right. Like we, I've always been the breadwinner or you've always been the breadwinner. Yeah. We attach ourselves to these roles that we have, or I, I'm the lawn cutter and you're the dishwasher. Like you're the person who does the dishes. I'll do the lawn. I'll do the, like, and you can attach yourself to those identities. And what that does is 
as we've talked about many a times, it's just box you right into mm. being a certain way and not, not showing up to serve other people. You know, I could have definitely served Afton, our daughter in that moment and been like, yeah, sure, buddy. You know, I, I use the excuse of like, well, you and Isla will fight about it. So we're, we're not going to do that. I'm going to continue to be the, the tree topper man. Yeah. I mean, I think two things that came to mind when you were talking about that is I feel like this year particularly has been a year of like showing us what all we were attached to so tightly Mm -hmm. (laughs) that now we're having to learn how to let go of and detach somewhat and like recreate new opportunities or experiences for ourselves because the things we once were attached to are either different or no longer. And two, I think when you are so attached to things that you can't see new possibilities or new ways of being or new ideas, it really limits you from living in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes mm. moments present themselves to us. But if you are so attached to a certain way of doing something or thinking about something, you're often going to miss those moments. Mm-hmm. Like Afton saying, hey, Dad, and I put the tree topper on? Like when you're so attached to the idea that you've always done it this way or you've always done this and that's your role, you miss an opportunity either for yourself or to let someone else lead. Yeah. And to create a beautiful moment, like father daughter moment there, but also, yeah, a moment for her to understand what it feels like to lead in that way or to have a new experience. But the experience she had is my dad's a dick, you know, like my dad just shows up in the world as a dick. A lot of times it can reinforce our, our kids can have an idea of us of like, I could have been a hero in that moment to her. Or I kind of was a bit of a villain, you know, and in my mind, it was because I was so attached to my own idea of what Christmas should look like or what the tree should look like or how things should be. Yeah. (laughs) What? We all have our reasons. For attaching to things. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And they're often really stupid. They're often really dumb reasons. And then sometimes they're not, you know, sometimes there's a sentimentality to things that you know, if you have a lost loved one and there's a specific, you know, if their urn is sitting somewhere and your kids break it, like obviously there is loss there. And, and, you know, so it's kind of a case by case basis, but I think that you can really assess those smaller moments where it doesn't matter who, it does not matter at all who puts the topper on the tree. Yeah. Like, why are you clinging to that? I think that's the deeper question, right? Like what made you cling to that in that moment? Yeah. I'm not sure I could come up with some bullshit here real quick. And I guess like what my mind would lean towards is like, we've lost a lot with leaving our church. We've lost a lot with leaving our faith. And so like, that's one thing within the Christmas world that I still can hold on to or control and the rest of it, I I couldn't, it just happened the way it did. It deconstructed in the way it did. And that's like a little small micro way for me to just kind of still continue to hold on to whatever, to hope, to 
Christmas spirit to the way things once were or the way I see things Mm. or the way I see myself or any number of those things. How do you know when you're attached to something too tightly or, or is it, is there something that you can be attached to too, too tightly? I guess that's what we're talking about, but yeah. How do you know? I think that, you know, when you come up against friction and you are clinging to something that you don't necessarily need to cling to. Like, like you're resisting or there's resistance. Yeah, you're meeting some resistance and you're doubling down on the only thing you've ever known. And you treat it like it's the only way things can be done when there's obviously mm-hmm. multiple ways for things to be done. It's like math. And I know pe- some people love it and some people hate math, but hate there's, math. there's so many different ways to do problems And it's the most frustrating when you're taught and you have to show your work a certain way as if that's the only way. Or, you know, I've had experiences. I love my dad, but where he's, he's a very kind of old school. It's one way. It's kind of this way. And this is the way to do it. And he has a hard time seeing any other way of doing it. And I've taken on some of that too. I do that a lot of times. I'll be like, no, this is like, you know, if you think of doing it any other way, you're fucking idiot, you know? And that just makes people feel alienated and isolated. And like, you're not a safe person. Like you're not someone that they can, you know, that, like they have to tiptoe around or you. Or like you, you can give them the freedom to mess it up mm-hmm. or in the grace to like say like, oh, you didn't do it the way I would do it. And what did you learn? Like maybe it didn't work out as great or maybe it did. And it's like one more than one way to skin a cat kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) But I find this like weird righteousness within me of if I do give people the quote unquote grace, it's like a false grace. So I can just be like, I told you, bitch, you should have listened to me. I know what I'm talking about. It's this pridefulness and I don't love it. You do it with me. What do I do? Tell me, (laughs) tell me an example. I'm not sure I can think of like a specific thing because I mean, it is true that you are often right as far as like your advice and what works and what doesn't work. But dude, I've lived like 12 lives (laughs) at least. But I also think there's a balance of letting people try it their own way, especially like I see myself doing this with our kids because they're new to the world, they're learning, they're, and I like want them to do it the way I know it works, right? Right. And they're just trying to figure it out for themselves in a way that makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. And it may or may not work, but I think giving them the freedom, isn't that what we all want? The freedom to decide for ourselves, like if this works, if this doesn't work. I mean, I think that's how like, Amazing inventions are born is like somebody trying something slightly off the course of what it was and making something completely new and different out of it. Right. So it's like it I think it's okay to like help people along by saying I have done it this way a million times and it really works best for me this way. But you also have to find your own path and figure it out. But if you want help, let me know because I've walked this path and I can absolutely give you some tips but not like it has to be this way and when it 
doesn't go like the way you think and you should have done it my way, I'm going to be like, you should have done it my way. Yeah. I think my goal in those instances is to reinforce that you should always listen to me because I always am right. And that sounds like such a douchebag motive. But like, I think that's the actual motive is like, see, haha, I'm so like, are you attached to being right? Maybe, maybe, but you know, people who are like that annoy the shit out of me. You know, people who are smarmy and just kind of, uh, very intellectual and then intellectually correct. A lot of the time, those people annoy the shit out of me. So I don't know why I do it. It's annoying. Stop it. <laughs> Have your own little Ted talk towards yourself you right go. now. There you go. <laughs> But I think it relates to a lot of the things that we've been talking about with self-sabotage. I think that attachment is a huge form of self-sabotage because you are, you're so burdened and encumbered by your attachment to your identity and to this idea or to a thing. Like I got so attached to the idea of being a PS five owner, you know, like before the end of yeah, 2020, you if you would chase your dreams, like you chase that PS five son, you would be on fire. I, I resented that you said that honestly, cause that to me like implies that I'm not. And that's like frustrating to me. Oh thanks. yeah. Yeah. You've said it like three times and it stung every single time mm. you've said it. Sorry about that. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? I'm not excusing that I said that and it was hurtful, but like you were so like a dog with a bone for that thing. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen you like that for other things in your life, like that intentional. Well, that's, that's an easy thing to like, I mean, it wasn't easy, but like that's something that I know is a very quick achievable goal. Mm -hmm. If you just put in the legwork, which it didn't feel like that much legwork, it felt like, oh, I can be a little bit smarter than some other people and follow these guys on Twitter and figure out when these, these things are going live and whatnot. And it was just like more of a quick hit. It wasn't like the long haul of a dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a little side road kind of thing mm -hmm. and very easy, like a fetch quest, just a side quest, very easy to just kind of go off and, and figure that out and get it and then move on with the, with the rest of it. Yeah. I think that big dreams are more about endurance. And I think like if I'd have gone after the, the PS five, like after a year, I'd say after like two or three months of going after it the way I did, I think I would have just given up mm -hmm. or paid like 15 grand for one. And that is kind of giving up. Yeah. 1500. <laughs> I would have paid like fifteen hundred for it. Please don't drop fifteen grand on a PS5. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, so I I think that that's that's where I'm coming from with that. And so when you said that, I was just like, "Fuck you, dude." Why did that hurt? I want to know. And why but, did? When were you gonna tell me that that hurt your feelings? I don't know. I just let it just let it why? sit for a couple of days. It still hurts. A couple, let it marinate and just be like, "Hey, I don't know." It gave me time to like kind of question it myself and just see like what was up. Was I having an off day or like, did it actually, I like to figure out why things upset me or why things are the way they are. And so whenever you said that, I was just like, huh, 
it's what I said before. It made me feel like you don't think that I go after either my photography or like this, any of it, Mm -hmm. uh, with enough rigor or with enough fierceness or, or whatever. Mm. I'm sorry. That's definitely not what I meant. I I was trying to be funny first of all. Yeah. I normally get upset when people are trying to be funny and they say something that like hits something that I think maybe, cause I do feel like I work hard, but I think like one thing I know about myself is I could work harder and get more things that I want. So it speaks into a truth mm. about me that I don't love about myself. And so I think when it happens, that's where I get more defensive. Mm. I mean, I think that that's, understandable I mean I when you think about it that way I think yeah that probably would have been a little bit hurtful I do have a connection to attachment it's attachment to our emotions Mm -hmm. and how I think sometimes it was Jay Shetty's book I was listening to think like a monk and he was talking about because it goes back to identity with our with our emotions a lot of times we'll say I am sad I am angry and like we attach an identity to how we're feeling instead of I feel sad or I feel angry. We, when we attach our identity to how we're feeling, it's a lot harder to detach from that feeling. Mm -hmm. And it like almost becomes part of who we are. Like I'm just a emotionally labile human or I'm just, I drop it. I cry at the drop of a hat or I'm just super sensitive. Like we attach to, those emotional states of being rather than something else I was reading this week about emotions and how really they're just meant to flow through us. Like we can feel them, we can honor them, but we don't have to attach to them. We don't have to let them define us and we can choose to like release them and detach from them just as easily as they came in. But I think so many of us kind of stay Like, I mean, I think what I heard you say about that moment where I said you should chase your dreams as much as you chase the PS5 is you didn't want to sit in that, but you needed some time to process it, which I think is perfectly fine. But then, like, how do you then release it? How do you then detach from it and not let it become part of your identity? Because, like, your mind's probably, like, trying to make you say, like, well, there's some truth in there and I'm not always as hardworking as I want to be. And so, you know, you see how it can start to shift your identity if you let it Yeah. versus just being able to detach and be like, well, that happened and that made me feel really sad or really frustrated or really angry, but I am not those feelings. I can move on beyond them. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel resilient enough too, to where it was like, it's not going to like, I don't know, crush me. I think in relation to, you know, attachment and fear, I think like one thing I fear losing is freedom, like my freedom to do things and to, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I feel like there's always work that can be done. I was just looking at our neighbor who was putting out his Christmas lights and like that to me is work. I just have zero interest in putting out Christmas lights because for me, that's like, I was looking at him and I was like, Oh, you work like a nine to five 
throughout the week. And then you have time to just kind of like hang out on the weekend and, and detach. And I don't feel like I ever have time to really detach from my work unless I just like totally put up a wall and kind of like allow myself. I, I even call it fucking off because it just feels like the mountain else you could do. Yeah. There's the mountains always there. There's always something I can be doing. Even if I have zero shoots, zero, anything, there's always something I can be doing to better my business, even in the off season. And so I think I, it's a weird balancing act and that's something that I have fear of losing. So I attach meaning to a lot of meaning to freedom I guess it's all in your perspective too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I personally, I feel like I'm in my head a lot, you know, and maybe it's Brad being like, you don't get to enjoy this guilt-free motherfucker. So how can we release this guilt? Because I think, I think play and rest is so important to cultivating the life that you actually really want to live. Like, I think there's this whole hustle culture too that people have gotten attached to. Like you always, I mean, I'm guilty of like always needing to be busy, always needing to do this, always making sure our kids are in this activity and that activity and um, need to always be working on the next thing. And I think especially like you said, when you're an entrepreneur, it's endless, like Mm -hmm. absolutely endless what you could be creating or working on. And so I think that's where detaching from the hustle culture setting some healthy boundaries for yourself and giving yourself permission to fuck off every now and then to have play and rest to just be. Yeah. But I think it, it takes like really detaching from that mentality of, I always need to be producing and my worth is tied to my production. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it made me think like, don't detach from relationships, but, detach from your identity of how other people need to show up for you. Yeah. And I think realizing that, so I go back and forth with detaching and attaching to certain relationships because I think it's important to show up connected in your relationships, but to not be attached Mm -hmm. because when we attach ourselves, like when I say I need this marriage to work, I need it. I am attached to it. It has to work or I am a failure. Then that's really unhealthy in my opinion. Yeah. I guess I look at it like high intention, low attachment, Mm -hmm. like bring your best to the scenario, bring your best to the relationship, bring your best to your business, but detach yourself from the outcome. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, my, but because I show up to this relationship with my kids, they're going to take care of me when I'm old and they're going to be, you know, attached to me because I was attached to them or they're going to do certain things for me because I need them to be this type of person because I need this from them. Like, don't do that (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I think that's where we get into trouble in relationships when we need people to be a certain way for us. Mm -hmm. Versus just being who you are in the relationship and letting that other person be who they are and being able to appreciate that joint interdependence rather than codependence. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I just, I think attachment to me really leads down a path a lot of times of fear 
fear of losing whatever we're attached to. Rather than being able to love and appreciate that thing in the moment, whether it's a relationship or a job or an identity we have in that time, appreciate it, but don't become so attached to it that if that thing was ripped away from you, you would crumble. What would you say you're, you feel most attached to? Like, what are you most fearful of losing? Losing my freedom to choose and to have free time and to be able to exercise and do the things that I want to do outside of my business, but to be able to do them guilt-free. Cause like a lot of times when I do a workout, it feels like I, clients don't do this, but I do feel like there is this expectation from people of if it's, you know, if I tell them four to five weeks on their photo and it's getting around to week three, like I start to hear like, Hey, we're checking in on our photos. And it, it is that feeling of, Oh, I'm letting people down. Cause I'm not dedicating myself to getting their work done. Cause I could get people's work done sooner. Um, yeah, but it would take away from your quality of life. Yeah. So it's finding that balance. How about for you? What are you fearful of losing? I think for a long time I was really attached to a lot of my roles. Mm -hmm. Like my role as a nurse, my role as a mom, my role as a wife, my role as a daughter, my role as this or that. To, to say, like, I could never be anything different, like, or this relationship could never look different or this job could never look different because if I, if I let go of this role, then who, who am I? Like, if I'm not a nurse or if I'm not working in a certain job at some point, then who am I, right? Like, I think I'm attached to security, <laughs> Mm-hmm. like feeling safe, even though I think security in a lot of ways is false. It's not really real, real. Like mm-hmm. it could be ripped from me at any point. And so I think I've been working through some of that, especially, you know, starting my own business and loving my day job still, but eventually thinking about like expanding and having more freedom in my life. But it's scary because I think I've gotten attached to that income every two weeks and health insurance and a safe job that feels pretty confined. You're pretty, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Cush. Pretty cush. Yeah. You know, and I think that the fact that like, will I be judged because other people would look at that and be like, you had it made. Why wouldn't you walk away from that? And I'm not saying I'm walking away from that now, but I don't know. I think I get stuck in my head a lot. And I think that's where I can see self-sabotage happening because it's like, I say I want one thing, but then I have this other thing kind of like pulling me back. And I think it's because I'm too attached to it. Yeah. And so sometimes I think that's why I'm tempted to just say, let's sell our house. I'm going to quit my job and let's just travel the world because it would be so much easier in my mind to just cut ties and like go. Mm Mm-hmm rather than like having to detach myself from that identity. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think though that we 
love our comfort zone. It's so much more comfortable to have your cush job and to... You mean for all of us? For every single person. <laughs> it's so much more comfortable. Yeah. I I feel fully ready to invest in a mentor within my business. And I feel like in just thinking about the types of questions that if I was mentoring someone, I would ask them. And one of them is you know, what do you think your greatest strengths are and and your biggest weaknesses? Just kind of an assessment of that. And I think one of my bigger weaknesses, my, my business has been successful. I want to say in spite of me, but like I have put in hard work and I realize that it's just, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you some credit, but my biggest thing that I've kind of said to myself lately is that I think I've put in small investment and seen small success. Whereas mm-hmm. I've never put in large investment and seen large success. So yeah, I guess what holds us back? Because I would say the people that we follow or get inspiration from who are doing big things, a lot of them speak of detaching or having their fears, but doing it anyway, or knowing a lot about themselves really. And I I think that's something my coach has helped me to understand is especially in your business mind, like your business will grow as fast as you are willing to grow, but you have to be willing to take those leaps. Your business is not going to grow just because it's going to grow. You've got to do the work behind it. And I think you have done it, but like you just said, I think the bigger you're willing to invest in yourself, the more return you're going to get. Because a lot of it is tied, I think, to our money mindset. And money is energy, right? Money is just an exchange of energy. But we don't often view it that way. Like we want to hold on to it and we want to be attached to it. I think it's another thing we get attached to. And I think what I'm realizing is the more you can invest and give freely with your money, with your time, with your energy, the more you will get that back. And I think if that means taking a big leap and getting a big higher dollar mentor that can really help push you to that next level, I think it's also true that what got you to where you are won't get you to the next level that Mm -hmm. you want to go. You need different tools. You need different strategies. You need different environment. You need different people surrounding you. And that doesn't mean you just completely forgo everybody else that's been with you all along, but you have to surround yourself with people who are farther along than you. Yeah, I fully agree. So detachment is, it can be scary, but I think it's definitely worth asking yourself, what are you so afraid of losing? And those are the very things that you're probably clinging to so tightly that are actually holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm attached to this podcast doing well. I'm attached to it sounding well and it sounding, uh, you know, and it reaching a lot of people. And if we have an episodes that's as like botched as this one has been, <laughs> it's been a shit show for real. And you may listen to the final product and be like, I didn't really notice. That's a pretty good episode. Uh, that might be because I edited it <laughs> to shit. We had our kids come in at one point. Our we computer had, stopped. The computer said that the disc was too slow, and 
I don't make fuck you money to pay a producer to like sit there and watch and make sure that that doesn't happen. So I went on this whole tirade, uh, like one of the, one of the (laughs) better moments of the, the whole, the whole episode, I felt like where I was actually just like really speaking from the heart and it didn't record any of it. And this is real life. So yeah, I think when that happened too, I just was like, Oh cool. I'm going to give up. I'm done. But I think that with attachment, you will find resistance comes into the foreground and you have to be willing to, in the face of resistance, do what you need to do in spite of the resistance and work your way through it. And you do that, I think, by detaching from outcomes. I think too, where you feel the most resistance in your life is the very places to look about how to release, how to let go, how to, um, how to detach. I think that is, is a signal when we feel the most resistance. Yeah. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review at Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. If you want to pick up some of our merch, you can do so at allegorianelm.com slash shop. You can get a shoot the shit and be real hat or a tri-blend shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at allegorianelm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers. Cheers.